Welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast, episode 174. Uh, this week we have Jesse of Cannabis Aficionado. Thanks for joining us, Jesse. Hi, it's great to be on. We also have Marty. Hey, what's up, everybody? That's me, Jesse. Mr. Green Jeans, what's happening, man? Hey, Marty. Shout out to Roger, too. I don't know if he's going to join us tonight. His wife's having some issues, but uh, hopefully he's he's watching and good vibes to him. Excellent. Yeah, hopefully he's doing well. So, all righty. Um, uh, so uh, this week, uh, oh, and I'm Steve. I realized uh, the other day when I was doing some audio stuff, I don't actually introduce myself in probably the majority of <laughs> That is like, y'all know. <laughs> uh, I just assume you know already. Uh, anyways, I just thought that was funny. Um, so um, I didn't notice either. <laughs> I've known Jesse for quite a while. I think I first met him, if memory serves me right, at the, at the Castro Castle, um, hanging out with Dennis and uh, um, you know all the other fun people over there, and Wayne and Laura and Cara and all the other awesome people that are over in that scene. So, um, uh, and then now you got uh, all kinds of wonderful things going on. So you have a cannabis aficionado, which is a really awesome. Uh, uh, project that you're working on. Uh, why don't you tell us a, a little about yourself and what you're up to? Yeah, I have uh, been working in the cannabis industry uh, since I was 17 years old. I started as a glass blower, uh, making pipes, and uh, I've been a consumer, uh, of course, since I was a little younger than that. Um, and I've drifted in and out of glass blowing, and it never was, uh, it never became my main profession in the long run, although it was for a number of years early on. Uh, and uh, gradually through uh, uh, a long circuitous story, um, I came back to my roots as an artist through marketing and advertising. And I uh, ran a couple of small marketing agencies up in Montana. And the second of which uh, uh, we focused on cannabis specifically and were focused on, on brands and, and growers and dispensaries and, and helping them with branding and advertising and social media and, and content and content production and photography and design and all of that stuff. And um, I did that for, for uh, the last six years almost. And um, eventually as time went on, um, more and more of what I was doing was on the West Coast and was specifically involved in California. So uh, I moved this way and then uh, I ended up closing up the shops in Montana uh, because the people that I worked with didn't want to move to California and they, they didn't want to take on the risk of, of uh, growing and stretching. So I uh, went out freelance by myself as Barney Design Company. And uh, at the same time uh, as I was doing that, I was tapped by my buddy, uh, Eugenio Garcia, who owns Cannabis Now magazine to start Cannabis Aficionado. And um, 
that was about a year. Well, it was almost exactly a year ago, actually. Um, so uh, I spent uh, some time uh, last year, uh, two weeks actually, with uh, Melissa touring California and really trying to find um, the coolest and most innovative things that were going on in California and on the cannabis scene and revisiting a lot of the things that uh, Steve, you mentioned that were part of us meeting as well, which is the castle and Dennis Perone and, and things like that. So uh, we did a bunch of content gathering and we built the website and we launched it in January and we've continued to put stuff out and we are just now uh, expanding and putting out more new content uh, and going for uh, a print run soon. Uh, we hope to launch our first print run, the Q1 of 2020, uh, definitely by 420, 2020. So um, yeah, that's kind of the state of affairs right now. Um, it's a really exciting project. Uh, the word aficionado literally means uh, someone who has great knowledge and enthusiasm about any given subject. So it's a fun thing to take on to explore any person or anything that is really associated with the plant. So that's kind of that's kind of where it's at at this point. So, so what are uh, some of the highlights of some of the content you've done so far? I'm sure you've done a lot of research for your different pieces and things like that. Um, first and foremost, the thing that comes out uh, is all the legacy material. Um, it's, it's one of the pillars of our brand is to always talk about legacy and history and the giants upon whose shoulders we all stand. So, um, you know, visiting the castle, um, revisiting memories of, of Dennis and always being steeped in that culture is, um, important. Um, and we always continue to do that. Uh, some updates on that front, uh, Wayne Justman, if anybody knows him, he's, he's, uh, always needs to be reached out. He's too, he's, he's older and has been a part of the scene, but you know, he doesn't make money off of the cannabis, uh, world. So he's very poor and needs help all the time from this community. So those are the types of things that like highlight. Um, another part of that is that, uh, you know, Jerry Munn? I don't know. I'm sure no. I met him, but. He's, he, so he uh, was Dennis Perone's favorite grower um, for a number of reasons. One of them being uh, he gave away a lot of weed. <laughs> And uh, so because Jerry was his favorite grower, Jerry was the only one who was actually given the legitimate uh, ability to uh, license the name of Dennis Perone for a strain and he's a breeder. So uh, he's come out with the Dennis Perone strain, uh, which is pretty cool. It's a, it's a very little known thing that exists out there in the world. And those are the types of things that we're really chasing is is you know what are things that are are little known, but also important little strands of culture and and stories that are that are existing that people should be aware of, you know. 
So those are the types of things that really stand out. So have you have you tried Dennis Perone yet? I haven't tried it. I've I've seen it. Um, I haven't uh, been able to smoke any dried or cured Dennis, but apparently uh, the reason that Dennis picked it was it's incredibly stony, of course, because he likes the stoniest of weed. Sure. And uh, the the final reason that that they picked this particular strain was because the hairs are so vividly pink. So uh, that's what kind of makes it unique. You see, he went for the, he wanted the bright pink hairs. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. So what, uh, what are, you know, some of the other maybe uh, uh, more interesting things you've learned uh, maybe on more towards the science and uh, stuff you've covered? Um, from the science stuff, it's tough because uh, a lot of the stories we chase are anecdotal, right? And a lot of the things that we're following um, that are new stories are not proven. They're just stories, right? Uh, that doesn't mean they don't have value. Uh, one of the ones that I think is really important is um, the, the thing that we've been seeing about juicing raw cannabis. Um, there's a lot of stories popping up where juicing raw cannabis is having amazing effects specifically on neurological disorders um, like uh, cerebral palsy. Um, uh, we, we chased the, the first story that we that we stumbled on with that was um, Willie G. Uh, I don't know if you know of him, but he's a, a guy who has cerebral palsy. He sits in a wheelchair and he's been quite debilitated for a long time. And uh, he's been posting on his Instagram a story of of uh, juicing cannabis for the first time this last spring and literally having like miraculous results that day um, walking with his walker further than he'd walked in a number of years uh, with a much lesser degree of pain than he'd had in a number of years. And then that progressed into a number of other stories where we found people that had been um, uh, counteracting rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, there was another case where a kid had really incredible results with, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like COPD, but it's a, it's a very localized pain disorder, uh, compact something, localized pain disorder, something C, something PD. And uh, he, he had immense swelling and immense pain that was like indescribable to the point where he wanted to cut his own limb off. And within five days of juicing cannabis, the swelling had gone completely down and he said the pain was reduced to a tingle. So that's an exciting thing to me, um, to see these kinds of effects so dramatically in a very short period of time. And the only similarity between all these things is that they were juicing raw cannabis and it's affecting the neurological system on such a severe degree that's so good for these people that uh, now apparently Dr. Abrams, who was the original um, doctor uh, involved with Dennis Perone, 
uh, is chasing these stories and is looking at doing some actual clinical research about it. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at your, uh, at your website here. You've covered a lot of different really, really great stuff you covered. Uh, so talk about, you had an article about moms uh, and, and talking about that. Dude, to be honest, uh, a lot of the content that's on there, Mel, my partner, puts out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not as familiar with it as I probably should be. That's all good. But because, uh, you know, I, I wear a lot of hats, but I don't always read everything she puts out. <laughs> it's all gravy. Uh, what is you have maybe one that was particularly fun to shoot uh, the pictures for or anything like that? You get to go to a lot of cool uh, Something that's up currently, a lot of the stuff that I did content for is either old and way in the background or the new stuff that I've been working on is not published yet. So um, the new stuff that's going to be coming out, uh, we have a really great article. You mentioned Frenchie as I got on uh, before we started speaking, and uh, he has a really great uh, dissertation where he talks about the history of wine and how uh, America and California has the opportunity to basically be what France was to wine, where France basically established the wine industry through the hierarchies of, of uh, scoring and, and, and the hierarchies of quality. So, um, I find that really interesting. That's going to be coming out soon. Um, we have a really a couple of really cool art, uh, interviews with uh, Sabo Shen and Jim McAlpine. They're both independent art articles, but they're friends, and they ended up talking about a lot of the same things. Where they talked about how can they use cannabis for flow state. I've, uh, those are some interesting topics uh, that are going to be coming out soon so so what's flow state oh flow state is is uh you know when you um when you're like playing basketball or you're or you're playing a sport of some kind and you get in the zone so to speak right or you're doing art or you're writing or something of that nature and you and you get into a state where you do particularly well or you feel like you're in tune right <clears throat> they talked about how um they use cannabis to uh to tune into to athletic capabilities that they have um so is there any been uh, been anything that really surprised you or when you did it uh, um you know more research on it you know really uh was different than what you thought it was going into it Ooh, that's a good question. You know, um, I think some of the things that um, are always interesting are to hear, well, things that you're involved in, uh, you know, different styles of growing uh, and what, what they do what their purposes are, um, how scalable they are, right? All these questions um, 
there's a lot of material inside of that that uh, always surprises me. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that someone explained to me how aquaponics, by using aquaponics, you can regulate uh, your flavors so accurately. And I, that was surprised. That was a surprising, uh, uh, are you familiar with this? Does this ring a bell? I like, I, I've only heard it from a couple of people. So I, I don't even know if it's actually true, but. Yeah, no, uh, was, I might've been one of those people, so. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I find that to be a cool fact to learn, you know, oh yeah, of course. Well, it makes sense if you regulate the food supply that closely to what you're feeding the food supply and you go several steps back, uh, of course you're going to be uh, shaping your flavor much more uh, uh, adequately or, or, or regularly, I should say. So, so I'm sure you got to smoke a lot of, see and smoke a lot of really, really cool weed uh, working on this. Uh, what's some of the, the, maybe your top three or top five ones that you've smoked uh, while working, you know, or, you know, were given while working on the, on the, um, you know, uh, magazine? Actually, I, I have to uh, give a shout out to Nug right now because uh, they just sent me a review package uh, that I picked up a couple days ago. And first of all, they they were extremely gener generous in their uh, <laughs> what was in the box. Uh, <laughs> so that was cool. And then not only was there a lot of stuff in there, but like all the flour and all of the concentrates were really top notch. And I've been sampling those for the last couple of days and everything's just been incredible. Uh, so uh, for a big company that's producing cannabis at scale, um, I was actually pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised, but uh, I was excited to see that, that the cannabis was that good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Uh, other than that, um, you know, there's some unique stuff. Like I always think like when I think of a unique flavor that just kind of jumps out randomly, the, the lemon tree guys, are you familiar, familiar with Rocky and, and lemon tree? Oh, I'm sorry. Repeat that. I had a little bit of an audio issue on my side. Oh, no worries. No worries. Are you familiar with, uh, lemon tree? Uh, no. It's, it's a brand that's distributed around California and uh, I think they're on ease as well. Um, so you can get them all over the place. Uh, but uh, they just, they do it very specifically. They only grow one flower and it's super, super lemony. That's why it's called lemon tree. Uh, uh, and it's just a unique, like th they only do pre-rolls but the pre-rolls are done incredibly well. Uh, and and they really maintain, they work really hard at maintaining their terpene profile, even though it's a pre-roll. And I think that for somebody who like, they've made that their only mission is to make a pre-roll that maintains their terpene profile as well as they want it to. Kind of like, you know, a brewer with who's making a can of beer and knows it's going to go, you know, on a distributor truck and then end up in a convenience store and sit on the floor for five days and then go in the cooler and then someone might buy it. 
you know, the flavor is different than when they pour it on tap at the brewery, you know? And, and uh, I think sort of like they've taken the mission like Sierra Nevada did with craft brewery brews, making sure that that flavor maintained all the way through. I think that they've done a good job of doing that. So they kind of like stand out as just a unique product that like, I always just am like, man, they did do it. Like those pre-rolls are really good. <laughs> so that's a unique one. Um, other than that, I don't know, you know, it's like cannabis is cannabis. Uh, and unless like you've got some, uh, you know, you're, you have your own and you're growing it and juicing it yourself. That's when I get excited. You know what I mean? If you're growing it and you're juicing it and you're eating the seeds and you're um, using cannabis as a holistic lifestyle and you're trying to buy like hemp products and hemp plastics and, and that, that's really where I, I think the future of cannabis uh, is, is when it starts to become uh, a, a real game changer for the way that we live on this planet. Well, what I think you doing? The thing you were talking about the the juicing is really uh, cool and interesting too because it totally bypasses all the manicuring and drying and all that stuff. You can take the green cannabis, and the more people, you know, more everybody's growing their own medicine in their backyard. Growing big plants are going to have a lot of excess. You know what I mean? So that's that's what happens. You know, so the yeah, things yeah. that like fresh ways, fresh ways of using it. That's that's definitely the future, you know? Yeah, that, and, and you're right on the money. Uh, when you look at it that way, all of a sudden now we're talking about cannabis as a vegetable. And, and when you eat raw cannabis and you don't cook it, it's not psychoactive. And in fact, the THCA is even better of an inflammatory than CBD by like a factor, you know? So totally. Plus you can eat, plus you can, you can take a much higher dose. If it, if the THC is not activated, you're, you're getting a lot more of all the other things of which there's, you know, so many. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. The, the THC is kind of what puts a, a limitation on. You can only take so much THC before you're like, Oh my God. You know, I'm so stoned. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, the stories that we've been following, uh, what these people are telling us over and over again is that this uh, more holistic consumption of cannabinoids is uh, increasing the efficacy of their THC consumption. So, suddenly, because you've juiced and, and you've eaten hemp seeds and you've had uh, cannabis in your diet and all these other ways, you know, all of a sudden, uh, if you're using a dab uh, for pain or something like that, where you're getting quick acting, uh, strong THC results, you don't need as much. So all of a sudden, this person that was taking three or four dabs is only taking one. So it's, it's doing a lot of interesting things in these people's lives. And, and, um, it's an interesting story to follow and, and see what's happening. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the one of the things is uh, the more 
free, you know, just the better supply, like you were saying, and the more, you know, and the, and the cheaper it is, the less, as the price goes down, as it becomes more, me and Marty, Marty was saying, yeah, it would be in the, you know, in the produce aisle next to the broccoli, <laughs> you know, and. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to say hashtag a cannabis plant in every garden. Yeah, I mean, that's just how it should be. People should be taught that having a cannabis plant in your garden and juicing it for your, for your family is not only harmless, it's the healthiest thing you could possibly do for them. Yes, and so easy to grow too. I mean, we, we, me and Marty were trying to figure out like, you know, is it is it around the same difficulty as tomatoes? And I think he had a little uh, oh, he's uh, he's not here still. I can't remember what his little caveat or whatever you call it, but he, I think he said maybe uh, about the same during uh, growth, and maybe slightly easier during flowering than tomato or some, tomatoes or something like that. I forget what we thought, but it is really close. If you've grown a lot of plants, you know what I mean. It, it's really close yeah. difficulty to a tomato, which which pretty much we can all do. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like put it in the soil and water. I mean, if you know, if you get, if you know how to sprout a plant, which it's not that hard, yeah. you know, get your tissue or or whatever your sprouting material is, get it moist and put it in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and keep it moist. Yes. And you know, Until a lot of the, the the past 20, 30 years of the culture, uh, you know, there's uh, been a lot of focus. There's been, you know, hide stores, all the grow stores supplying anything. And they, they've just always had such a uh, confusing array of stuff. You know, I tell people nowadays, if I, if I get to talk to beginners, it's, you know, just, just go into the regular nursery or into Home Depot pretty much to get your supplies. Don't bother. You don't need to go into the special... <laughs> Sorry, you know, sorry, all you <laughs> hydro store owners out there, but um, you know, it's just it's true. Maybe the people when they get to a really advanced level and everything, they can they can go and they can fine tune their stuff. I'm not saying all those nutrients aren't useful at all, but you can certainly grow a fantastic product with abs just about absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, we here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Our, our soil is not that good here in Los Angeles. And I, I did a bunch of outdoor plants this year just with no fertilizer at all, not even amendments to the soil, you know, just straight water, just to, to make a point, you know, just to show that it can be done. Of course, it's, well, it looks like nature's you know, they drying. Came, they came out. Oh, great. oh, bit of a lag there. Go ahead. Whoops. Am I? Yeah. Yeah, you're breaking well, you, up just a little ahead, bit. Steve. Okay, I was gonna say nature's oh, trying to add nutrients to the soil. We just happen to have houses in the way. <laughs> I was uh, gonna say too, your, deep your cannabis plants are amending the soil. Yeah, um, exactly. Speaking of which, how uh, how are you guys managing with the fires? Both uh, I know both uh, uh, the two of you both are in in California. I'm on the western side of the fire in Santa Monica. So the, the smoke is going away from me, uh, luckily, but it's over there. It's just a small one so far. So I'm not close to anything big. Yeah, I'm south of it too. I'm in San Pedro, so it's pretty, um, but you can see the smoke, you know, it's, it's in the air. It's not strong enough to smell right now, but it can yeah. easily 
that can easily get that all, way. All your Got friends down. on the East Coast are really, you know, hoping you guys are all safe and, you know, don't suffer. I know a lot of people are being transplanted and suffering. And it's good to hear that you guys are doing okay. And it's sad that so many people, it's amazing how this happens year after year after year. And that's not oh. really anything you can do about it. I mean, wow, it's just crazy. But glad everybody's all right that you know. So, yeah, the one up by Santa Rosa is uh, incredible. I mean, that thing is staggering. And it's blowing towards the uh, north end of town, too. Yeah, it's just going right that way. Yeah. Well, the good news is stuff grows really well after the fire. <laughs> That's, That's where we should be spreading, spreading all our excess cannabis seeds. I think cannabis is probably really good for erosion control too. You know, and all these burn these freshly burned places, cannabis loves to grow on. You know, the it, it's a pioneer plant. You know, it doesn't well, need the it doesn't need the love soil. It can even grow on the on the freshly uh, landslided soil where you've got topsoil. All nothing likes to grow there, and cannabis is like, yeah, I love it. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. cannabis and mullen, right? Um, so uh, yeah, cannabis yeah, and mullen, nice. De definitely uh, worried about the homies tonight. There's a lot of big, you know, we, I'm sure we all know some people up by Santa Rosa yeah. that are under the gun right now. So. If you can support any of those groups and you can donate anything, you know, definitely try to donate to those people out there supporting, you know, there's what, 200,000 people under evacuation right now. So. And yeah. And not only are they, are there, is that happening, but there's no power anywhere else. Yep. So that like anywhere they're going to run to, there's no power. Yeah. There's a lot of people that can't reach anybody for that reason. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and, and out also, there gas you know tons of gas stations but you can't pump gas without power correct you can't charge a tesla without power correct <laughs> so everyone's kind of stuck right you gas power or nothing you know people with full solar systems on their houses are going i see i told you so <laughs> well you know it's crazy too we were talking about this and we'll bring it up on the show so california's cannabis laws actually ban backup generators for entire facilities uh for the lights and everything and you know if they're going to be and they're claiming they're going to be doing this for decades you know that's not a fair law at all you can't tell somebody that they can't have backup generators for their business uh just because they're a cannabis grower that's that's bullshit you know like a clean air act or not you know that's ridiculous you can't tell people that you know they can't have some form of power generation and then you know shut the power off all the time <laughs> yeah that's the beginning of a long list of things that they require that shouldn't be or should be <laughs> oh yeah I'm, oh well you know i'm just pointing it out just because it's a highlight right now today but it's just one yeah of those where you know california actually bans generators allow you to have it for your life support systems uh, like we can have it for like the fish for aquaponic systems for the temperature control but that's it right uh, right for the lights so at least in california it's so crazy well what's crazy is if you actually build in a plan to have permanent power generation like with natural gas like with the turbine you actually yeah. from that so uh, that makes no sense at all right yeah <laughs> so. somebody's making money somewhere off of it that's for sure <laughs> 
So uh, what kind of cannabis strains have you grown a lot of? It sounds like you've been uh, doing it for quite a while there. And um, uh, what are you know, some of your favorites to grow? Uh, 90% of the grows that I've been a part of have been, you know, my friends. You know, uh, my first interaction was when I was a glass blower and my, my roommate, uh, we were all glass blowers. We all lived in the same house and uh, he grew uh, some Jack Herrera um, and some White Widow, I think. But I remember the Herrera because it just, the flavor was so standout and uh, it was cool because uh, his buddy had just come back from a cannabis cup. It was like 98 and he had brought the seeds back from Amsterdam. And so they were really pumped to grow the real thing. And, and when we did have it, it was like, Whoa, that is very unique, you know? So uh, I, I still, that flavor is, is, one of my favorites. I remember them saying, and uh, uh, it was a pain in the ass to grow or something. Uh, and they were like, or it, it like didn't produce well or something. I, I don't remember what the deal was exactly, but it was something that was like, even then was like just something about the strain stuck out about how it grew. It was kind of weird. And uh so I know that. And then recently I started uh, home growing again. And uh, the reason I did it was I was in uh, Oregon and I went into a dispensary where they sold me uh, a, a really amazing $40 ounce of flour that was outdoor and wasn't trimmed and uh, had passed the cream, uh, uh, clean green certification in Oregon. And uh, the the guy selling it to me was like, it's even better than that. I I go to my farms, I go to every single one. And it was true that like they had a very limited amount of products and, and uh, each farm was really cool. But this, this particular ounce was Holy Widow, and which is a four to one strain and it's high CBD. So it's CBD rich. Uh, and uh, I grew that uh, for juicing. So um, that's been kind of cool is uh, I've been growing my limit this year for the first time in a long time, which has been rad, but I've just been juicing the leaves. So I'm not even trying to get flour. I'm just keep cutting them. That's interesting. Um, not a lot of people do well. Not a lot of people, at least on the East Coast, have, have thought about doing that. But there's a huge market now for microgreens and and um, and even juicing. And there's quite a few places, even in Oklahoma, that you can get uh, you know CBD juice hemp in your in your smoothies now. Even at, at some of the grocery stores, it's really really cool. Um, so, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more, any more on on that? Just uh, the popularity of it, or the you know a little bit more on that? You talked a little bit about the other gentleman who had a lot of relief with it. Uh, I've met him actually a couple times. Um, at different at Emerald and some other places, but um, uh, Willie, but um, Willie G, yeah, yeah, uh, to, uh, but uh, but yeah. So, um, what are some of the other benefits to the the juicing? Uh, you know, and and another nice thing too, like you're saying, is you don't need to flower it. You know, you can just leave the plants in at 16 hours and and just harvest continuously. 
Correct. Yeah. You're just, all you need is the leaf. So uh, juicing the flowers is, is great too. Um, and it, it probably has some additional different benefits than even just juicing the leaves do. Um, and that's really what's interesting here. If you, if you juice the, uh, the, like the shells of the of the seeds for instance and you get the hemp seed milk you know um or there's different parts of the plant that you can juice or uh, and get different things out of and get different functionality out of so um as always this is what's interesting about the cannabis plant is it's so infinitely versatile you know um even what it can do, we don't even know. We haven't even really started looking into uh, the scientific properties and the capabilities uh, of what it can do. And uh, you know, what you're touching on is is how, uh, like, juicing a specific profile of terpenes and and cannabinoids and fresh ones that aren't decarboxylated at that. And if you bring those into your body and then you also br bring decarboxylated uh, terpenes and cannabinoids into your body, well, now you have an entourage effect of, that we haven't even really been talking about and we don't really know about uh, uh, what, this, what this is. Now, we know anecdotally, right? And see, this is, again, where the, the problem lies is that Right now, we, it's easy to jump up and down as, as enthusiasts or aficionados and say, wow, this is happening. This is really cool and get excited. But also we have to understand in our journalism that it is anecdotal at this point still. And that's also the problem, right, is that we still live in a day and age where uh, this stuff should be pretty easy to get uh, rapid fire research on, but we still can't get the funds to do it because it's federally illegal. So we are still in the stone age. <laughs> the same with banking. It's the same with science. It doesn't matter where you go in the cannabis world. Because of that, we're still in the stone age. And you have all these people who are brilliant who are doing cutting edge things and they can't get out there with it because uh, it's, it's just too hard when you're still in the stone age. <laughs> so. but, but thanks to social media and the ability to communicate, you know, that, you know, people are, it's like citizen science, you know what I mean? And it's correct. Funny. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's funny how exactly in, in the, in the field of, you know, medicinal cannabis, it's go, we've gone light years ahead of you go to the doctor and the doctor is talking all, you know, antique stuff. <laughs> Doctors don't know <laughs> shit, you know, you're like, man, Anyway, you know, so it's like uh, because they're they're literally behind because, well, they have a lot of uh, their own work and stuff they have to keep a track of, of course, you know, unless they're on the side following the cannabis community. But, you know, the uh, cannabis people have, you know, what about the what about the whole invention of pressing rosin and stuff recently within the last couple of years, you know, which has just suddenly exploded. Yes. But he was able to. Uh, pass a lot of information due to you know hanging out on forums and things like that and so that actually literally the science ripped along with that incredibly quickly like um, I've heard of uh, stories in uh, China where the you know they've got uh, where they developed there's supposedly one block where they developed a hoverboard 
you know, those, those uh, little things that you can stand on and right. And it's yeah. three or four different companies, basically on the same block, no patents, no nothing, all competing with each other, but also sort of all sharing, sharing information, you know, or spy, I don't know, spying, whatever they're doing, but uh, you know, they achieved this uh, sudden explosion of the technology of the, the balancing, you know, the hoverboards and everything. I think it's the same kind of thing. It is a lot of times, you know, official stuff, patents and things like that. And waiting for the, you know, a lot of times people, citizens in their garage can, especially now we have the ability with the communication to really rip along. And I think we've seen it a couple of times in cannabis. I'm probably, I'm sure you guys can think of a lot of other areas other than that. I just, I was thinking the rosin, how quickly that took off, you know. And I know it's not, it's not really science, but it is real science, you know, it's <laughs> to say that it's not. I mean, through the history of science, it's always been about citizens, you know what I mean? It's not, oh, you're gonna be a professional scientist. That's not, you know, the, do you know what I mean? That's only been for the last, not even a hundred years or whatever, the, like even in the late 1800s, most scientists were just citizens. And that sort of continued on into the modern, you know, to this uh, last century, mostly with more wealthy Europeans, you know, with hyphenated names and shit like that, right? They're the ones that, and, and in the natural fields, like the ones that are going out and watching uh, gorillas and things like that, you know, that have the money. They're in, they're just doing it with their own money, you know what I mean? They're, but they're scientists, you know, so you don't need to be a professional scientist, you know, I think we're all cannabis is a great example of how we're all we're all uh, contributing uh, science together you know what I mean we've been, we've been doing that this is the beauty of prohibition right is that it, <laughs> yes it pushed everyone into this back room and it forced people to do things in ways that no one could have ever predicted or expected Thank you. Now you're now you're going backwards. You're mentioning the legacy players, <laughs> and right. you know that's really that's of course really important. What's really astounding is how much the legacy players were all on the same page when as they start coming out of the woodwork, you know, and they suddenly find each other. You know, the the breeders all we meet each other and we're like, oh, we think exactly like each other, and suddenly we can immediately communicate really well. Do you know what I mean? It's like we were yeah. doing this, the same shit or we were being guided by the plant in the same way, which I think is real science. That's proof that you're doing real science because in a way, you know, because you're it's almost like your results being confirmed, you know, as as everyone rises up out of the out of the closet and discovers that their their experiences have been startlingly similar. Although, as you, you could also make a big uh, case for everyone being even more original on their own because of the separation. So I could see how you could look at it the other way as well. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's the beauty of it is it's yes and, right? Like, yes like and, yeah. If, yeah, everybody's having a unique experience and also the same experience. And that's it, that's the beauty of the, the consciousness being tied together. Uh, yeah. Speaking of all of these things, uh, are you guys familiar with Canatunes and a woman named Loretta Maps Bolt by any chance? No, not me. No, tell us. 
<laughs> so, so Loretta is this wonderful young black woman who uh, has stumbled upon she, she well first of all she she had an education that led her to uh, playing around with lie detector technology and uh, she stumbled upon this group that had developed the technology to a degree that they were uh, basically able to uh, do uh, test electrical impulses from your brain very similar to if you're familiar with muscle testing where you like put your arm out and somebody like will say uh uh, uh baking soda and tap your arm and if like baking soda is good for you your arm will be strong it's like this mystical thing that people do well it turns out that that actually does actually work in the physical world and they've proven it with lie detector technology. And this is all like a Harvard uh, scientist studied thing that's been proven. So she started using this technology to read the electrical impulses of cannabis plants because there was other people doing it with other things. They were using the, the technology to read the electrical impulses of all kinds of things. But she started tuning it into the plants now, what's special about this is you can use the technology to literally translate whatever the electrical impulse is. You can literally read the frequency of that electrical impulse and translate it directly to a musical tone that is specifically related to an octave of that frequency. So you're literally hearing exactly what that frequency is just in a different octave. So then she's playing music through, she's hooking up this technology to a synthesizer on a laptop and letting this translation play MIDI notes through a synthesizer. And she's literally letting the plants play music. Like they are, they are emanating this music already. She's just allowing us to hear it through this technology. So she figured out how to tap into the their their whatever their bio or something, and it, it's and their it bioelectricity. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's that's. I've kind of heard about other things like that, but that's the first time I had heard it where somebody was used using it, and it's actually like so. It's like playing notes or playing music through the synthesizer. Yeah, and it's that's directly cool. correlated to exactly what they're doing, and they. Uh, so for instance, and you can go to her website, it's Canatunes, C-A-N-N-A-T-U-N-E-S. And I can't remember if it's .org or .net or .com, but, uh, and her name I is just made a, I just put a link for it in the YouTube um, channel. And she Sorry. has, she has music on, on the website and the music is literally directly recorded in the moment. And she's literally just letting whatever notes play in the moment or whatever sounds are coming from. Uh, of course, she's picking like the synthesizer sound, right? She could pick like a clav sound or a piano sound. And so she picks a synthesis, but she also said something interesting. She said the sound, like the plant won't do anything until she picks the right sound. So that's an interesting thing that that's, 
a peculiar part of it. And in fact, she's like, a lot of times she's like, you hook up the plants and they won't do anything for, like they won't just make sound for you. You can hook them up and they'll just be silent. And she's like, you have to sit with them and like hang out with them. And like, some of them are really picky. Some of them will sing right away. It's really, it's really stunningly interesting stuff. But this, this one particular one, and it's on the website, was a fig tree that she spent time with that was like dead. And it was off to the side of this fig orchard. And she hung out with it for like two weeks and she hooked up the machine to it every day. And then one day she had hooked up the machine and she was on her laptop and she just started messing around with like a drum machine on her laptop and creating a beat. And, and the, the plant started playing music in synchronization with the beat suddenly out of nowhere. And so she hit record and that music is on her site. So it's like pretty like, whoa, you know, this, that's, that's some crazy science meets spirituality stuff that's, that's next level, you know? I think it's a pulse of the frequency when you have a drum beat, when you, you can feel it. So the plant responds to it because it's feeling the sound pressure is what I think. Yeah. And it's responding directly. It's so, it's so incredible. DK trade says, uh, great. Uh, is the people are going to be, uh, they're going to be, people are going to be saying their plant sounds like it needs some cow mag. <laughs> 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 yeah no shit <laughs> where's where's steve yo steve sorry just steve's oh, back some, okay he can answer he's lost in the he's lost in the meme world on the internet he's got a no, 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 you gotta uh, help him you gotta rescue him get him out of there no, we had a had, had some stuff going on at the house, but it's all good. Um, yeah. So, uh, what are um, you know? You talked. You've uh, you know you've been in the industry for quite a long time. What are some of the things you've kind of seen change? Uh, one of the things that I kind of thought was funny um, was just about how we used to have a whole party when we'd clean all of our our different pipes and stuff when we were younger, and and uh, you know we don't really do that anymore. And um, because I posted a, a thing about on, on the group about how to clean your stuff and um, I just thought that was really funny and, and so uh, how that you know even that little tiny little event kind of brought people together in a, in a weird way because of the, the you know camaraderie that things used to be in, in the olden days and uh, so, so how, do you, how have you seen things change uh, in California over the, the evolution of things? Oh you mean like you mean like uh we used to have, everybody used to have a two foot glass bong that was straight that you could get ice cubes in, right? <laughs> Where is that? Does it, has anybody even seen one of those in like 10 years? Are those like six foot plastic ones that were neon? That oh, like the, every yeah, fraternity the six foot has? graphics. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Who's seen a graphics bong in like 20 years? Yeah, no one. Uh, well, serious things though, um, you know, everybody of course knows that uh, the, the elephant in the room is, is uh, 64, right? And, and what regulation has done to strangle the small guy 
and make it so that all you have to do is have money to outlast and then you win, right? And it's really sad to see that that is what's happening uh, for the most part, albeit uh, yay uh, SB 34. Um, and at least we get something that does something for someone on this side, you know, for once it feels like. So why don't you talk about SB 34? We're actually gonna have um, a really awesome lawyer come on the show uh, here. Uh, Ann Kelson's gonna be joining us uh, hopefully next week, if not the week after. She's been a, a big supporter of uh, both Dale Hunt and Beth Schechter and uh, lots of other really awesome people in the industry. And um, she was also part of, you know, helped, helped with that too. So well, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, yeah, a number of people have been fighting for a way to give away cannabis to those who are underprivileged for a while. Um, the people that you mentioned and also um, others like Sweetleaf Joe, um, uh, I believe uh, the Oaksterdam University had a huge, I think you mentioned Dale Skyhunt. Um, uh, no, you mentioned Dale Hunt, the lawyer, right? Yeah, Dale Hunt, the lawyer. Um, yeah. Um, so, so, you know, there's been a lot of people involved and my understanding is that it pretty clearly and simply allows for uh, anyone who's in, I, I think a dispensary or a grower, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, to write off and assign some of their product to be given away to someone who can apply uh, to say that I, I, you know, I'm, I don't make enough money to buy this, right? So uh, it seems to be that simple. Um, and all the people that I know that were really fighting for it have uh, also been saying we're super stoked. So I'm over the moon about that. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing. There's so many people who can't afford. Well, first of all, people who are in serious medical need uh, can't spend $60 an eighth. Um, and, you know, for a quality product, that's just not feasible. You know, and even looking at it on, the, on an ounce scale or buying it at like $100 or $200 an ounce, it's still expensive if you're consume like if you have serious pain and you're overcoming opiate addiction or something like that you know your level of cannabis consumption is very high to overcome those things so uh i think it's incredible to be able to give that away and help people out you know this is these are things that dennis Perone and wayne justman and jay hanky and laura Costa and all these people that you mentioned, Cara Cordoni, uh, these are, and Sweetleaf and, and all these other people uh, who've been working in the background tirelessly for this stuff for a long time. You know, some of them upwards of 40 or 50 years they've been fighting for this stuff. Yep. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's good. We had Joe Sweetleaf on, on the last week that he could still help people. So he talked about that. Oh, I, I know for a fact Sweetleaf is just jumping up and down. I, he's, he's, this has been his singular mission for a long time. 
Uh, no, I'm super happy. And, you know, it's good to see some of the stuff that Dennis fought for come back and still be there for the people that need it. And I think a lot of states, I mean, just look at Washington state, they still don't have a, you know, they're not protecting the patients there. They're, they're just protecting the corporate end of it. And, you know, you're yeah. seeing people, you know, die because of it. And it's ridiculous. No one should have to pay that much for healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned all the minor things. Like I didn't even mention if you're like a serious cancer patient and you need tons of RSO, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're consuming, uh, you know, four or five like pieces of rice a day, you're going through a lot of cannabis, you know, it's like, you, you can't just like, that's like that same thing. Like you, if you had AIDS and you have to, you have to get the medication for that, you can't just pay for it. You know, it's like a thousand dollars a day. You need help. And cannabis a lot in a lot of ways can be in the same boat. Uh, you know, if you need tons, a bunch of RSO, it's not easy to get and it's really expensive. So, and if you need it, you're probably using a lot of it. So, that's that's where it's going to happen. People are going to be able to get their syringes of RSO finally, you know, and it's going to help cancer patients who can't afford it. Plain and simple, you know, so not to mention vets with PTSD, not to mention, you know, it just the list goes on and on and on. It's a good thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you have all kinds of people from the military and law enforcement and all kinds of other stuff that, you know, really get a lot of help from this kind of stuff, just like the rest of us. And, you know, there are a lot of them on, on that side of the fence, too, that come out there and help us. I mean, I've marched with them uh, in Philadelphia, of all places. Um, I remember when I went to one of the earliest 420 rallies in Philadelphia, the former police chief of Philadelphia was at the march, uh, you know, and, and that was way back in the day. And, um you know, you don't, you don't see that stuff kind of, you know, being published as much anymore, but they're out there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one person that comes to mind, you know, Ryan Miller at all? No. He's a guy in, uh, uh, he's in the Oakland, San Francisco area. Um, you should look him up. His uh, Instagram is USMCVET, V-E-T. And his name's Ryan Miller. Uh, he's a huge advocate uh, and a huge activist um, on cannabis as well as uh, social equity um, and pretty much anything that really matters. And he's just an absolute epic human being. Uh, you should you should actually chase him down and have him on because he's he's. Uh, he has a lot to say and he knows a lot and he's just, he's probably one of the best people to know. Like you just have to know this person. <laughs> awesome. We'll have to get him on. I mean, maybe I can even get the contact info from you. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. But he's, um, he's, uh, he's kind of one of the modern, he's, you know, he's a military vet and he's, promotes all this stuff he's he's in all these fights he was a part of sb um uh uh now i'm blanking 34 right 37 uh my the numbers yeah 34 my brain just went blah, 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 blah. that's all right it's been a long week for everybody it's only tuesday yeah exactly 
Yeah, so he's he's all about that stuff, and it's literally all he does. I mean, he lives and breathes it. Uh, he's got a killer message. Um, and he's, you know, since he is such a hardcore vet, he really has uh, a cool, a cool voice and a cool platform. Um, we got, any, uh, sorry, since Steve is quiet, we got any other questions from chat there, Mr. Sorry about that. There you are. Yeah, something. Uh, Don't you might have another prepared. That happened with one of my one of my roommates, and they had to uh, had to deal with some stuff. So sorry about that. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So, uh, um, what other uh, is there anything else you wanted to go over? I don't want to tie up your entire night. I mean, I'm 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 good. I've pretty much talked about everything. I think I've spoken about cannabis aficionado. We're really excited about the future. Uh, it's going to be a great thing. Uh, we continue just to cover anything that's interesting and deep and and cutting edge and need to know. Uh, our mission is to just keep everything that's that's really amazing and cannabis culture connected. Uh, keep people abreast of of what really matters. So. Uh, We've been doing that and we hope to continue to do better. Awesome. Well, I really look forward to uh, seeing uh, a lot more uh, content from uh, from your mag magazine and your web publications and uh, really look forward to it. And uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks for bringing me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Interesting Welcome stuff. To oh. take off or, or hang out with us a little longer or talk about what's going on with our grows and then we'll, we'll wrap stuff up. So. Okay, cool. I'll jump off. <laughs> Cheers. Then I'll just listen to you guys. Um, I don't know what happened to green jeans. Oh, he had to run last second. All right. Well, uh, Roger, I know your plate's been pretty full and I've been just crunching it. Um, just getting stuff ready to go, ready to hit the ground in Zimbabwe. Um, just kind of finalizing logistics on uh, some of our nutrient inputs um, and going over not only our pest management practices, but all of our neighbors' pest management practices and then figuring out the best way to be like, hey, don't use that. <laughs> it's going to overspray my crop. <laughs> so the easiest way is just to go buy a bunch of stuff and just give it to them for free and then at least I know I have a pretty good, you know, five mile buffer around my farm that I don't have to worry about anything, um, which should, you know, protect me as far as any overdrift from anybody else's crops. Uh, other than that, just working on, you know, securing the paperwork for getting seeds transferred and um, doing all that technical stuff that we do to, to get, uh, you know, cannabis uh, on the ground and, and growing. You know, just, it's quite a bit to go over, uh, especially do logistics, making sure you're going to have, you know, all your different things that you're going to need. Um, it really, really gets to be quite a bit. And then uh, also having to talk to people about, you know, your permits and all this other stuff and, and all that's pretty much clear now. So we just have to get the technical stuff done. So that's been fun. Um, lots of really early morning phone calls with Africa. Um, and uh 
yeah, it's been busy, busy, busy. And then um, I'll be busy, busy, busy here again soon, zipping around with some other events. Um, I'll be down in Texas next month for a day or two and uh, some other places that uh, maybe you weren't considering uh, as cannabis grow places. So it'll be a lot of fun. Other than that, just um, working on trying to get this show back to normal, uh, back in a normal swing. Got some cool guests lined up. I think we're probably going to take off for Halloween. Uh, I don't know how many people are going to sit around and watch a weed podcast on Halloween. So I think we will take Halloween off this year, and uh, we'll be back again on Tuesday. Um, we're working on getting some some real cool guests uh, uh, over there on Tuesday. Also, I guess Halloween's Thursday now that you mentioned it, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna bring that up. There won't be a show on Thursday. I do apologize. Okay. Um, other than that, just racking up, ordering this, trying to see what kind of seed is out there, and work with, you know, some growers on that, and um, you know, figuring out logistics, and finalizing contracts for help. So, all cool. the fun stuff, and then worrying about our friends that are, you know, I had a friend of mine. You know, it's funny. We looked at a building out by. Uh, south of Half Moon Bay two years ago that building burned down a couple days ago so you know it's a good thing that project didn't work out the way we had hoped because uh, would have ended up just losing it pretty quickly after um, so it is kind of funny sometimes you get bummed out about something and then you you watch the building burn down two years later and go oh that's why that didn't work so makes you feel a bit better about how things worked out you know so anyways, uh, what about you, Roger? Well, we just uh, been working on uh, some starting some uh, playing with some genetics with our HEP experiment here over at my friends. And um, <clears throat> we've been working on my greenhouse and still waiting to uh, get um, um, umbrella under the license. But I'm starting to almost feel like it's not even I mean, I'll do it if it goes through, but we're going to have to renew it in January or February anyway. Uh, so, and I guess, you know, well, I guess it'd be good because in January and February, I'll be good, good to go at the very beginning of the year, as opposed to waiting because they're issuing licenses January and February for new, for new licenses. And we haven't decided whether we're going to get out from under the license where we're umbrellaed under or work with it. And I don't know if they'll let you have a separate one. So I got to look into that, but, other than that, um, now it's been raining a little bit. Um, so every time you think you got to, you're going to get on a roll to get something done, it rains. And and uh, but other than that, not a whole lot going on. Just trying to clean up the property so we get it more of you know approachable when we get people to come by. And uh, yeah, just dealing with uh, illness with my uh, the old lady, my Amy. So that, I don't want to get into that too much. But it's been a rough few days. It's been a couple weeks actually. So we're hanging in there and uh, we're watching every, all the turmoil in the world and out in California. And again, I do feel for everybody having to endure that yearly. And every year I got friends getting burned out. And uh, yeah, and I know you got even more friends than I got out there. So it's got to be, you got to be frustrating on everybody. So we just wish that everybody out there in California gets out unscathed. You know, you can always rebuild a house, but I, you know, so we just hope that there's not too much loss of life out there that, that, that dwells on people. So that's about it. I, you know, I, my head's kind of cloudy right now with everything that's going on. So uh, 
I'll just start babbling. So I'll just give, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Things are good. Things are good, I guess, overall, except, you know, for what's going on. And we'll find out more tomorrow. So that's all I got to say about that. So thanks for a second. Yeah. You still there? Yep. Sorry, I just had a little bit of lag here. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, you said you had. I noticed that earlier. Yeah, that like twice over the show. I don't know what's up. I'll have to see what's up with the internet here. Um, maybe I just need to reset the router. But uh, anyways, um, I think we're going to wrap up the show a little early tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Like I said, it looks like we're going to have uh, uh, Ann um, Kelson on Thursday, and then we're going to have uh, somebody awesome on Tuesday. Hopefully getting Harvey Smith on soon. I talked to him the other day at the airport. <laughs> we were actually on the same flight, so that was kind of fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so working on some other cool guests, um, hopefully trying to get Jack Carrera's son on the show and talking to him and email and some other cool people, uh, for the show as well. And then, um, I think we're going to switch to a different format here in one to two months. Once I head over to Africa, uh, sometime between November 15th and, uh, in December 31st. I'm going to be headed over there and we're going to switch the show and maybe do one live, one recorded um, just because live is, is first thing in the morning for me over there. So um, we'll, we might move the, the time around and then we'll do a little bit more of a, a professional, more edited show um, that that's only released in an, in, in a, you know, post edited content kind of way uh, that'll be a little more professional. Uh, maybe we'll even call it something else and scrolling with fishes is a little, pigeonholed but um but yeah so that'll be the new format once once that happens but uh, for now we'll still have our two shows a week except for this week because we have halloween so all right uh thanks a lot for ap meds marty over at ap meds um you can also check out mr green jeans garden mrgreengeansgarden.com uh, really awesome seeds and uh and roger yeah i love growing marijuana.com where we have awesome seeds and um and uh, also, you can catch me occasionally on Instagram. That's my. It's a little harder for me to do that because it's not. It's more of like a show and tell kind of thing and comment. But I'm on Facebook and and I was I'm on something else, but I keep forgetting. I don't know what the hell it is. But um, yeah, you can reach out, man. I love to talk to you guys that are fans of the show. I meet you sometimes, and I run into you here and there. If I get told, oh yeah, we listen to the show. And thanks so, again, uh, thanks again, Jesse from Cannabis Aficionado for taking the time to talk to us tonight, uh, dodging the flames and the smoke signals, and uh, and um, yeah, we'll we'll be back again next week. You can find the podcast and audio format in your favorite podcast uh, website. And you can find it in video format on YouTube. Uh, when I have time, I upload it to the WeedTube and GrowTube and all the other ones that we're on now too uh, but i don't always get that updated as quickly as possible so i do apologize especially with traveling so much lately it hasn't gotten as smooth as it used to be but uh working on getting that back to a normal state um, might even get a helper here uh, uh to help with a little bit of that too so thanks a lot everybody and we'll be back again on next tuesday cheers